This is Anthony Pascal, and this week I'm joined by the Shuttle Pods and TrekMovie.com editor Matt Wright, who is stepping in for Lori, who's taking a week off. Welcome, Matt. Hey, Tony. Big shoes to fill, but I'll try. <laughs> and as Lori always reminds us, this is the All Access Star Trek podcast. And uh, this week we have an episode of Lower Decks to review, Room for Growth. But before that, we've got a little bit of news, including some site exclusives. And uh, let's just dive into that. The first bit of news is just an announcement that they are going to be doing a Star Trek Universe panel at New York Comic Con, which I think is kind of, they've been doing these for recently, more commonly at New York Comic Con, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. They've been doing them. So this year they're bringing three shows, uh, Picard, Discovery, and Prodigy. But the big news, the very big news, is who they're bringing for Picard. Yeah. It's huge. So it is Patrick Stewart, Jonathan Frakes, LeVar Burton, Gates McFadden, Brent Spiner, Marina Sirtis, and Michael Dorn, which is basically the cast of Star Trek The Next Generation. I don't think they've been together on a stage. Check my math here, but I think it was like 2018 or something. I think it was 17 when they were celebrating yeah. the, the anniversary, the 30th anniversary. It's been a while to get them all together. Mm-hmm. And, you know, who knows when it'll happen again? Really? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Especially with Patrick. You know, maybe the 40th, maybe, you know, but uh, this is a big deal. Uh, Terry's going to be there. Rod Runberg's going to be there. And uh, the other panels are good too. Um, you know, Kate McGrew's going to be on the Prodigy panel with Jamila Jamil, uh, who's going to be a bigger part of season. Yeah, that's cool. Not season two. I keep saying season I know, eight. The second half of the season. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> yeah. And the Hageman brothers um, for Discovery. Uh, it's going to be Sinequa and Michelle. And um, I'm not sure if any other actors are. I mean, yeah. they'll still, they'll still be still shooting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So she'll have to pop down from Toronto, which is not far yep. uh, to New York. Um, I'm going to pop over to New York for the show. Lori is kicking herself because she yes. can't. <laughs> um which Darn is kind of family got, events <laughs> yes you know she's, she's got a the tng reunion is the same weekend as a family reunion so she can't be there but uh i'm really looking forward to it um i suspect we'll get another trailer why not right i i assume so because this this last thing was still more of a teaser than anything so you know we got it star trek Day. They may call it the official trailer, or they may just call it the New York Comic Con trailer. But right. I suspect they've, they've said both before, like they've called them that before. Yeah, I suspect we're going to see the the villain. Oh and right, we'll maybe see a little bit more about the plot. I mean, the the last week's was very, you know, ship porn heavy, but yes, we have no idea what's actually going on. But anyway, that's exciting. You know, for for Discovery, hopefully, we just learn anything. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, right. <laughs> you know, the only thing we know about Discovery, uh, we got a little, another little update this week, is that they've wrapped up writing for season five. Right. Which is like really only half the battle right there. <laughs> yeah, and they're halfway through shooting. I think they started writing around February. Um, like some people were like, oh, my God, they didn't finish writing before they started the season. I mean, oh, they don't know how TV's done then if they say yeah that. yeah like well you know back in back in the old days they no one did that like you know there's isn't a single season of Star Trek starting from the beginning where they did that but even in the streaming era that is very rare I think you know the only season I could name where I think they did that is Picard season two believe it or not. Well, and that's, yeah, COVID bought them the time. Otherwise, they wouldn't have, yeah. Yeah, and maybe Strange New World Season 1. Yeah, maybe, sure. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's 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 rare you actually... On, on, on the first season of Discovery, they were doing rewrites, like, oh, yeah. you know... Down the, the day. <laughs> yeah, the, the day of. So having it done, you know, five episodes in advance is actually a gift for the actors. There's another bit of corporate news, which is uh, European news. So we've got our second big European launch of the year. The UK was over the summer in June. This week is Italy. Mm-hmm. And coming up for the rest of the year, we've got France, Germany, Switzerland, and Austria. So in each of these cases, 
you you get Stranger Worlds, Discovery, and Prodigy um, because Amazon right. Prime Video has um, the other two shows. Right. Now, there's a confusing thing happening as well, which is for the rest of Europe, there's a different streaming service that Paramount has become part of called Sky Showtime with Comcast, which yeah, is NBC Sky. Universal. Yeah. So it's kind of like you know, there was a rumor a while back that they were going to do this in the U.S. where they were going to bo- combine Peacock and Paramount Plus. And huh. they're yeah. they're doing this in like and, and it's true. They are actually doing that. So there's going to be Peacock Not shows in Paramount. Though. But it's good. Yeah, it's going to be they're starting in the Nordic countries and then it's going to be uh, later this year. It's going to be in Netherlands, Portugal, Eastern Europe. So by the end of the year, most of Europe will be covered. And by quarter, the first quarter next year, I think basically everyone in Europe yeah. will have access to all of the original series. So it's a little they were, you know, because there the definitely was a delay there. And I think, you know, fans in the UK and Germany especially were like. Where's our and the Germans are still waiting. Right? Yeah, I was going to say they're still waiting, which is really unfortunate because that's another huge country that's in. Yeah, the they'll get Paramount Plus, I think, in December or November or whatever. But uh, mm-hmm. so, yeah, um, that's going to be a bit. It'll, it'll be interesting how big of a deal because they did, you know, they did a big rollout in Rome. They didn't send any Star Trek people; they sent Sylvester Stallone. There was a kind of a media event, so it'll be interesting to see how big they go in Germany because Germany's an even bigger country. So. Yeah, yeah, and 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 very Trek friendly. So you'd think they'd do something Trek centric when they. They'd likely there. send Trek people there for sure. Yeah. Anyway, let's. Most of the news this week is actually Picard related, related to you know exclusive reporting at trekmovie.com, Actually, yeah, you got some great time with Terry on the uh, purple carpet. <laughs> we talked a little bit about this last week. I think we recorded the pod. I think we reported like right as I came home so i I can't remember oh yeah you were rushing home that's right (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. yeah i was like like maybe we should record from the car you know but uh (laughs) didn't have to do guerrilla podcasting huh (laughs) so but the the interview we put up this week with terry was to be honest we actually went beyond what we got on the purple carpet i went back to terry we did some follow-up questions about the ships because it's a lot of detail about the ships well and everybody has questions about designs right especially trekkies love their ships so i think it made sense to get some clarification some expansion what stood out to you from what you know the the final version yeah you know i thought you know whether you totally buy it or not i did sort of like that they thought uh, especially doug drexler and and such thought about well what's the justification for this retro look to the new titan and sure it's a little silly sort of talking about saucers flipping over or whatever but it's it but the point is they thought about it there's there is a thought that i really that goes into it which is really nice to hear right because you always wonder eh, how much thought was given to it we actually do know that you know they take their ships pretty seriously but it's nice to really hear it from the source let's say yeah and i you know there definitely was a lot of hubbub about the design and i think i saw a lot of people even some cynics looking and saying oh there is a reason behind all of this and there's some thinking and they at least appreciate the kind of super nerdy level of detail that terry put into it and dave blass and doug and john eves who were all involved you know this wasn't just drawn up on a napkin on a whim you know that this was you know they definitely put some thought into it um hopefully as the season gets closer maybe after the season we could you know, get Dave or some of these people to start sharing some of these design sketches and the, oh, yeah. the evolution of the ship and the other ships. But, you know, if you are a ship nerd, you should read the article. Yes, uh, highly recommended. He even he took a little bit of a swipe at that season one cut and paste. Well, how could uh, you not? <laughs> as like apparently Doug is, assumes that they're not going to do that. And Starfleet's never going to do that again because it revealed that if you know if there's a flaw in one ship, an enemy could take advantage of the whole fleet. I did like the sort of thought, you know, their headcanon about all that, which is like, okay, somebody thought about, you know, I, I mean, it's 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 totally a normal thing to do, right? Like at wartime, let's say, it's obvious that we want to stamp out, like it's like those jeeps we cranked out 
army jeeps left and right we cranked out things like that that were easy to stamp out and make and send overseas you know every so military does it right now you know right uh, but so certainly during talk. world war during world war ii there's these things called liberty ships where they're making like you know a couple of them every day or something you know it's just, right but so it's that same idea of well somebody thought that was a <laughs> every you know idea is new again so somebody thought that was a great idea they stamped out the inquiry class and then you know <laughs> didn't didn't always work out the way they expected so it's like sure I, i'll go with that like i could believe that <laughs> So I'm guessing this means that, even though they don't say it, this means that Riker will not be captain of that ship anymore. He was like no. briefly captain of. Well, yeah, he re- he was reactivated for that. Yeah, yeah, he didn't actually. He's retired technically, I think, still. Well, so. yeah, I mean, we kind of don't know. Yeah, what, we don't know <laughs> what Riker's position is in Starfleet at the beginning of this season because it's mm-hmm. been a couple of years since that incident. Did he rejoin? Do we see his rank on any of those? Yeah, Worf a has a rank. He's still he's, captain, I think. He's still captain. Okay. Yeah. Now, we uh, there's also a, a brief interview with Michelle Hurd. And the most interesting thing about this interview is it picks up on something from Vegas where Gates McFadden just started talking mm-hmm. um, about how Michelle Hurd does great stunt photography. And she, as a dance choreographer you know, admired the work. And so I asked Michelle about that. Michelle got a little squirrely because, you know, she's so afraid of spoilers, but she kind of confirmed, yes, you know, she did see me doing that. And the the impression I'm getting is that we're going to see more action. And actually, you know, after we posted the interview, um, the visual effects supervisor from Picard reposted the interview. And his comment was, I can't wait for you to see Michelle Hurd in action, kicking ass. She trained so hard with stunts for all her work. There's nothing she did halfway. So, yeah. I mean, we learned that Michelle Hurd has a black belt, so it sounds like she could probably handle it. It's yeah. pretty cool. But this adds up to Rafi being, I mean, the thing about Rafi is she's the only non-legacy character they kept. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So there must have been a reason. Right. Uh, the, 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 Terry was limited to who he could keep and he picked Rafi over, you know, well, and he could also you'd pick Michelle Hurd for over some of the. Younger well, Allison, guys. Allison Pill. Is yeah. Allison amazing. Pill would be, yeah. She'd be another good choice. That's true. You know, but she had they, a great arc. So I think she's sort of good. <laughs> sure. But they could have, you know, deborged her, maybe used her as a Borg. Who knows? You know, the point yeah. is that they they had choices and, you know, they picked Rafi for a reason. I think she's talked about this criminal underbelly thing. So, you know, I'm putting the pieces together and, you know, mm-hmm. I'm thinking she's undercover operative, you know, oh, yeah, uh, I think that so. kind of thing, you know, mm-hmm. action. So probably not on the same ship as seven. Who's the commander on the USS Titan. Yeah. Well, cause Rafi Starfleet security, right? So she goes back to being like undercover for a Starfleet security mission kind of thing. So right, well, she was she at the academy, so she's kind of reverting back. I'm guessing, yeah, and you're guessing, yes. Um, so she she at one point did that sort of thing in in the past. So yeah, so that that could be fun, and you know, and she confirmed that she described her character as evolving, and I think I think the character was underserved in season two, and kind of oh yeah, I agree. You know, at times badly served. Um, yes, yes. At certain points, it seemed like she was just there to nag. Yeah, <laughs> which is not she, cool, you know. So, no, she's diplomatic in that she says every season's different, uh, you know, and and there's you know there, there's they all reflect the showrunners. And for season three, she says you know Terry's the OG fan, and fans are gonna love what he's coming up with, and it's it's his season, you know, which again is the thing we keep on hearing. Yeah, that, we hear that. Yeah, you know, a lot of pressure for Terry, but huh, it, I know no pressure. Yeah, mm. if 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 you had issues with season two, I did, you did, Laurie did, oh, we all did. Yeah, we all did. Um, it's definitely at least worth, you know, you, you can't just dismiss season three and say, well, you know, this is the same people did season two, therefore it's going to suck. It's like, well, it's actually not really. Um, I mean, there are a lot of the same people, but it's, you know, it's under different management and there's a lot of different people too. You know, if, if you want even more Star Trek Picard stuff, uh, we posted up a... 
the Picard panel from Star Trek Las Vegas, which is where we got the thing from Gates McFadden. There really wasn't a lot of season three stuff there, but there was some, you know, interesting stuff looking back at previous seasons. So um, the link to that will be in the show notes. You know, the, the only other Star Trek Day interview we put up was uh, Kate Mulgrew. I talked to her as also another follow up from an article we did from Vegas where Kate said she, you know, she really wants to return to live action. You know, she's kind of putting it out there. I want to do this again. And I, I talked to her about that. And she says she has faith in Alex. Is that, you know, I said, what if it's not Star Trek Janeway? What if they want to just put you in something else? And she seemed to be open to that, that, you know, she doesn't need her own show. I think she just wants something chewy and good as an actress to work on. Sure. What do you think? I mean, you think she would do an arc on. I mean, I think the show that Terry wants to do is an after Picard show, but it wouldn't be a Janeway show. It would be an everyone show. Everyone well, and, would be. And also, it. he's definitely said about the show he wants to do is the next next generation. So it's going to include some younger kids. Yeah, the stars may well. not be legacy. You know, there may be some legacy people, but it wouldn't be a Kate Mulgrew wouldn't be the star of the show. But right. I think. Right. She, you know, but, you know, if she, she could be an admiral and in a recurring role, and I think she would do it. Yeah, I think as long as it's decent and it's worth her time, right? Like she can do it. Yeah. And, you know, she talked a little bit about Janeway versus Janeway. And so check that out. We talked about that a little bit last week. That's from Prodigy. But we should probably move on to Lower Decks. Before we do the review, I just, you know, a quick update on merchandise. This is a good week for Lower Decks merchandise. Um, a new comic book came out this week called Lower Decks. It's the first of a three-issue miniseries. And uh, we have a preview on the site. We're going to do a review of it. The first thing they do is run into the space hippies. Which yeah, totally, uh, yeah. No, it was kind of something else. I saw that. I was like, whoa. Yeah, so <laughs> it's like the show. It, it reads like the show. Some good artwork. So it's worth checking out. And the mobile game, which I think we talked about a long time ago, which is called the Badgie Directive, came out. Um, there's no voice acting in this. You know, it's just a mobile game. It's free to play, but you have to pay for, you know, I don't know. Was I, it I Badgie tried... doesn't talk? No one talks. It's all bubbles and stuff like that. Oh, um, yeah. There's a little bit of music, you know, but it's fun. But it's I, I tried it for a little while. I'm just not into these kinds of things. So. I'm not a good judge of it, but the point is, is that the extended universe of Lower Decks continues to grow, which is kind of fun, I think. Okay, so let's switch to Room for Growth, um, which is episode four of season three. And why don't you start us off with, you know, your general impressions of this episode of Lower Decks? You know, I liked it. It was... uh... Trying to remember how I phrased it when I watched it, but you know, I liked it because it was uh, it's kind of a chill, low stakes in a way episode. It was a more slice of life, right, for these lower deckers, and I liked it. I liked it as a break because I feel like there's been a lot of stuff going on in the first couple of episodes, right, of the season. So I was kind of happy that it was just. You know, shipboard, or well, two different ships, of course, but shipboard, and you know, just kind of lower deck. Like, I mean, one of the plot lines, you know, is two, two of the shifts fighting for an open, you know, quarters to get out of the shared bunks. You know, it's nice to get back to that. The dreaded or, delta shift. Yes, the evil, <laughs> evil delta shift. It's nice to get back to that theme of oh yeah, the lower decks. Like they actually are in the lower deckers. Like, right, and I I agree with you that. The, the that's the core of the show is these are these are t and g b stories or almost c stories and these are kind of as low stakes as they could get which is exactly the kind of area that mike likes to thrive in right is is because that's it's it's all character stuff and and that's what season three is really about is exploring these characters more yeah um and in a way, this this episode explored a, a a different character, which is the ship itself. You know, yeah. with the, the kind of journey to the room where they could hack the terminal to get the the room, they had to take this convoluted route through the Cerritos, and where they were discovering places they've never been before. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, Lori described it as a kind of a Willy Wonka thing. I think that's an interesting analogy. He's right. Especially when you go through the, uh, was it the hydropon under the hydroponics and the, uh, like the deflector deflector dish. dish. Yeah. Both of those two are very Willy Wonka scenarios. Yeah. Except they weren't (laughs) losing kids along the way. Um, but, uh, (laughs) no, thankfully not. Although Boimler is definitely getting close, as it were. But every every stage that they had, it was just a fun new way to learn more about them, learn more about the ship. Part of me thinks, if you remember when the ship was first revealed and everyone's like, I hate the ship, you know, because it's weird. And, you know, people didn't kind of get what it was all about. It, it reminds me a little bit about the Titan reaction because the ship is is a different kind of ship. But one thing that kind of confused people is how do people get to the deflector dish? Right. Cause yeah. it's the way and now it's we situated. saw them crawl their way down there too. Yeah. Yeah. That there is a way, you know, it's not easy, <laughs> but uh, it, you could do it. So no, I, I, I very much like that. I, I feel like this season and this episode's kind of the ultimate version of the season is if you love the show for the constant gags, and they kind of bait and switched you at the start of this episode. Yeah, because it, yeah. <laughs> it started off like with a major funny callback, yeah. which is the, the masks callback. Yeah. And we all love masks so much here at Trek Movie and <laughs> Shuttle Pod. So you 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 kind of immediately think, oh boy, here we go here we yeah. go. Something crazy, some wacky adventures about to happen. And it doesn't matter at all, actually. At least not that part of it. No, except for them establishing that apparently this happens all the time yeah, in Starfleet. Yeah, third time, right? That's already happened, and yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but th- there really weren't a lot of, yeah, there's eggs, Easter eggs here and there, but, you know, it you know because we do these Easter egg articles every week, and, you know, in previous years, it was, you know, they were, yeah, <laughs> it was hard to decide what not to include when we're going through them all this time there it's all more subtle there's usually like one or two big ones and then that kind of that's kind of it and then and a few little good, ones uh, yeah and this one like has some good callbacks to itself you know to the previous two seasons of the show like you noticed it and i had to look uh rewatch that down in among the tendrils of all the vines is a is a dupler <laughs> skeleton and you're that you're totally right it is it's got it it sure it's got to be and that's funny like and messed up but funny you know there are some you know even though this is kind of a fun light and even sweet episode there were a few pretty dark moments well i mean let's talk about the crime play huh like Shaq and Tana are into taking turn off the safeties so they might get hit by flying bullets and getting their juices flowing. <laughs> you know, is that the only thing that could get Dr. Tana going? Is- I know. She's it, one wonders, you know. So Yeah, I mean that that she's got some she needs to see Dr. Miglumo, I think, because I think she's got some problems. <laughs> Except for cats and birds don't really get along. Yeah, that that would be. I'd like to see the two of them together. Yeah, but Shax is the level-headed guy in that relationship. He sure. is, and he's he's. I, I like how he's like, man. We haven't talked about anything, and he. They haven't even talked about the fact that he died. I mean, that's almost been a year now. Yeah, had so, they hooked up before he died? I forget. I yes, don't think they. they right. Bef- okay. Well, they they were making eyes at each other anyway. Oh, okay. They wanted uh-huh. to. But that, again, so we learned more about that. You know, so so it wasn't just our four. I think we learned a lot about our four answers and other characters and Captain yeah. Freeman. Freeman, um, you know, because she has her own B story <laughs> on, yeah. on on the other ship where, where she's she, freaking out about <laughs> relaxation. You know, the kind of irony, right? You're freaking out about not being relaxed enough. Like, yeah, she was stressed <laughs> about Billups and his crew being stressed. Yes. When it turned out they really weren't stressed. Well, he was pretty stressed. I he mean, they they were apart. definitely exhausted and stuff. But yeah, the fa- the the fact that both of them too, both you know the spa mistress Taz, right, a- and the captain, both were like, "Oh, it must be bad that you guys want to, you know, engineer things, tinker." And of course, like, well, well, it's true. Like the in the end, you know, skip to the end. Why is that? Why is that a bad thing? They're all in engineering for a reason. They like tinkering. So a different kind of tinkering than their day job might be 
de-stressing, you know, it's, it's a different kind of tinkering. So yeah, it gives them, you know, something, a sense of accomplishment. So yeah. no, I, I, I totally so get it, that. It's funny that they're so blind to it until the end, but oh, well, that's, that's the funny part, I guess, you know, the, the sort of sitcom part. Cause it's like, oh, okay, you have to relax in this way that we prescribe, right. That the sort of generic puppies massages massages manny's petties you know all that stuff do you think the dove the so that the ship is a new ship it's called the dove Mm -hmm. which i assume it seems to be part of starfleet although no one was wearing a uniform but yeah i think it's more like uh what do you want to call it a civilian thing that makes itself available to starfleet you know a couple that well taz said that if they couldn't cure the captain, they would have to send her back to Starfleet on Earth. So they have some authority, it sounds like. Yeah, I think in, in the sort of medical doctor sense they do, yeah. They could be like, all right, you need to take a medical leave. But they're doing a little world building. This is the second Edosian, yes. uh, which is the character we saw in the animated series that's in the kind of healthcare yeah. medical... It's the, interesting. Yeah, the, the, we didn't have a name for him, but the one who took Boimler to specialist the farm, <laughs> yeah, when he was uh, out of phase, um, was also Edosian. So maybe, yeah, maybe apparently they like their stressed out freaks. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, but do you think the name of the ship is related to? Because in the original series, it it reminded me of the logo of yeah. the asylum from uh, Dagger of the Mind, which yeah. was a uh, dove which was yeah it's know, like a hand a... and a dove yeah a sun i think anyway yeah yeah and they used that again in season three for another like rehab colony so apparently that was the symbol at least in the 23rd century for you know sort of dangerous rehabilitation colonies um i didn't even think about that until you said it and then it was like oh my god i bet it is i bet that's you know my man doing a little nod to something you know Pulling that out, making it yeah. nod. So sometimes you know Easter eggs are in the eye of the beholder. Uh, some you know sometimes they're obvious, so y- you never know. But I th- no. I think, but I like it. I'll take it. I think that's an Easter egg. <laughs> yeah. So I mean the the concept of the the dove was was cool though. You would think that Starfleet would use stuff like this to de stress people. Oh yeah, because I mean it's I mean it's totally realistic, right? That that these poor engineers well we always talk i mean you think about that you think about that from like tng right jordy's talking about how everybody's got to pull double shifts and boy is this going to be a real headache and it's like yeah it really is uh how many of your engineers are going to need to take like time off after this you know and we never hear about that of course so i think it's great that here it is right just like what lower decks does best here's the other side of that yeah it really did kick your butt to detemplify <laughs> the Cerritos, you know, and you know, maybe Picard wouldn't have been so hung up on, you know, the Borg and everything for years <laughs> if he got a little puppy therapy. Oh man. Or buddies even. Oh man. I love how they're like, we're out of puppies. We even tossed in a buddy, you know. It's not working. Someone on the writing staff is definitely a dog person because yes, and made a not t- a cat person apparently. <laughs> yeah, total swipe at cats. Yes, um, yes. they consider a deviant. Yes, deviants deviant. <laughs> would want cats. You know, but uh, I, I, I loved, I loved the whole thing and the, the rock garden and. Mm-hmm. So that that was a good little B story, but it ended up it really wasn't tied into the main story except that it gave the you know the ensigns time to you know explore the ship while they they weren't going anywhere because they were visiting the dove but that was really the only yeah the only connection between well, so it was kind of two. a classic a and b story that are separate yeah but sometimes the show I, I like it when the show finds it last week they found a way to tie them all together at the end i bet this is sort of like 90s trek where there were two totally almost totally separate a b yeah, I agree. I yeah. throw back to that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, you're right. This is a, this is just a very simple, you know, there's not really a lot to this episode. It's just sweet and nice mm-hmm. and fun. Oh, you know what it's like, speaking of throwback, it, it actually starts to remind me quite a bit of like Data's Day, 
or something like that from TMG. You know, it's just a slice of things going on and maybe something is important, maybe not, you know. Right, but you learn more you about learn. Yeah. elements of the ship. But I feel like I feel like there could be some foreshadowing here or or something mm. because things got a little dark so, because uh, the the sweetest moment uh, was when they were all sitting around thinking what they would do and how they would greet people when they come oh, into, yeah, that was you know, that was very nice. Yeah. And, you know, would they use the Riker come and or Tendi said, welcome friend or something yeah. like that. Which yeah. was so sweet. Or then Mariner starts talking about, you know, how they're not going to be lower deckers forever. But then she got kind of specific to say Tendi's going to be a bridge officer you know she's you know Mariner's going to get kicked out of Starfleet, and yep. uh, and then she just randomly says, "And Boimler's going to die," and uh, Boimler like agreed with that. Yes, yeah. kind well, of. I weird. mean, that's a follow-on even from what they were kind of yelling at him about what the deflector powered up, and they're like, "This new yes Boimler, you're going to get yourself the yes Boimler is going to get himself killed." You know, yeah, bold so, Boimler. Well, yeah, like, bold Boimler. <laughs> he gonna... almost died a couple times in this episode. I True, think this yeah. is, I, I really think they're, right. I think he's going to die sometime this season. He did die well, last at the end. It, 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 wasn't he dead for like a few, but he did see the koala, uh, you know? Yeah. Um, well, the good and, news is we have a backup Boimler. That's true. That's <laughs> on true. Titan still. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I don't think he's going to die forever, but something's going to happen with bold. There's going to be some consequences here. Cause you know, he was this close to getting shot with a bullet. Right. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, and the deflector dish almost did him in. He and Mariner almost asphyxiated under the. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. So. so this is a light and fun episode, but he almost died like three or four times. You know, yeah. so yeah. it's it's it was uh, actually one of the most dangerous things they ever did. Their little journey through the ship. Yeah, I guess so. When, when you say it that way, like when we recap it, maybe so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So let me ask you, there was a there's a weird line from Mariner. So when they're underneath the hydroponics bay where they saw the corpse, or I'm not sure they even noticed the corpse. but it They was didn't there. notice it. We saw it. Yeah, as the audience. <laughs> that Mariner, of course, was not a big fan in general. And she said something to the effect of, you know, who, why, who would go into space to become a gardener? And, you know, we've seen people do that, right? Yeah. So it kind of felt like to me, it felt like a little bit of a dig um, on Keiko, maybe even um, maybe maybe a dig on Kess. I don't know. I I, I mean, I could see it being a sort of I, I could see the Keiko thing in a way, especially because, you know, Mike McMahon loves his TNG. So I could see it being almost a little jokey wink. Not too serious. I think it's mostly a joke. Um, toward, sort of could be a nod to Keiko. I mean, they do cut right up to Keishan, who's tending flowers. So they're definitely also trying to make fun of him. Well, it's it's his. It's the roots of his flower uh, right. that that caused the hallucinations. Right. Um, so uh, yes, um, and he speaks a little Tamarian. We get it's always fun to get new Tamarian. <laughs> that one was um, kind of him. funny. What is oh? What does he say? It's uh oh, Gramble, his throat slit by his mistress. Like oh, that's a little naughty. Like okay. <laughs> so uh, okay, I you know, again, you read into this what you want to read into this. And, yeah, I mean, uh, it could go either way. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think it was mean spirited, but uh, I certainly thinking of space gardeners. I thought of Keiko. Yeah, I mean, she's the most well known and maybe only space botanist that we really know of in, in track of by the way have we seen goopy before like the way no. goopy was presented at the beginning i was like have i missed something here because nope. i was thinking of the dog she made goopy. yeah i think this is a follow-on in that sense that just here's tendy just showing up with a another random pet thing <laughs> i wonder if it's gonna grow into something maybe into a murph oh yeah there's a crossover i, I don't think so <laughs> no um, that would be fun one of the things we learned in this episode, I think, is we learned some names. So Tal Guy has a name. Oh, right. Yeah, Tal Guy. Yeah. Um, Fedorov. Fedorov. Uh, for... You know, he could replicate a bigger towel, but he doesn't want to. 
good. <laughs> um, and Dr. Tana has a name, I think. Maybe. Right. Yeah. Which is Diane. Um, Diane. Yeah. Uh, which is. Kind We're not of sure a, if it's real or if that's like a role playing name. <laughs> I think it's a real name. Uh, Bo- Boimler, for some reason, thought it wasn't. Um, yeah. I mean, it's so mundane. It probably is her first name. I mean that whole segment. The, it was the black and white, the Bonnie and Clyde. That's probably the funniest part of the show, I would think. That or the masks thing for sure. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. I mean, and in that scene, I like the whole. You know, it's this turn on to talk about their mutilation, right? So she's like, "I'll find. I'll tell you how I lost my tail." You know, and of course we can't tell because the yes. hail of bullets covers it up. But apparently, it happened on a ship called the Al- Algonquin. That's all we know. Yeah. Um, and I think they've referenced the Algonquin before. That sounds like they, I think they brought it up. Yeah, it sounds familiar. That scene mm-hmm. was a little reminiscent of First Contact, you sure. know, with Picard yeah. and that, that kind of, even though that wasn't in, um, it was the same, same era, roughly, right. um, with the machine guns and, and all that. One thing I, I can't decide because I kind of liked how, even though it was the same thing as last episode, they, started burying the hatchet with the Delta shifters, which is classic Star Trek of your enemies turn out to be your friends. Yeah. Uh, and in fact, they're literally the same people. Like if you look it, one looks just like Brad, but with a slightly different color hair and hair texture. One is a hell of a lot like Mariner, but again, just a different like skin tone. It's really funny. Like it's, it's, they're essentially the same people. It's like, they're all, uh, it's like they're bizarro versions, right? Like the Seinfeld episode where, they come across like the bizarro Kramer and all that stuff. Yeah. It's like they're equivalent <laughs> from the other shift that they never see. Cause they're awake when they're asleep, you know? I mean, I, I'm probably again, reading too much into it, but it feel, it felt almost natural for them to become friends with these people yeah. you know, in the way that Mariners. I was actually really pissed when they double crossed them. Yeah. But I, was really I, I, I think them. the reason why they did that maybe is because they already did that last week right so the same beat true. last week of true. you know yeah. the the other ensigns we hate are actually cool and so it, it, it can't they, always work that way yeah <laughs> right they lull you in and then but no the delta shifters yeah. are although it's kind of like a fun it is kind of a seinfeld rivalry because they did want to go to the party later you know so right, it, right. you know so it, it's it is a little like newman you know where mm-hmm. Jerry Jerry would still be in the same room as Newman, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love how you when you're here and we could talk Seinfeld because Laurie's not a Seinfeld person. <laughs> That's right. It's it's funny that she's not a Seinfeld fan. I think she I would think she would be, but it's just not yeah. her cup of tea. I guess it's it's amazing. But uh, and there are parallels with this show in Seinfeld. Obviously, you know the sure. whole well the sitcom kind of yeah DNA. You know now the whole thing about ransom previously being a caveman okay that funny well that's genesis but then uh, no. that never happened right we well, no. we never saw it we never saw it. they said it happened six months ago so it was i don't know between seasons right like we just never saw it like because in my mind i could so picture I mean, he did turn into a god but i'm thinking oh yeah there was that episode and i'm like wait no what episode was no, that? Oh, no there wasn't an episode but it was so natural you're, like of course he did sure because you're thinking i mean you can basically put the Riker version of that and put ransom together and totally you know they're, they're similar in that sense right and throw and, them together and, and 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 visualize it you can see it happening yeah yeah and there's like, a lot oh, of yeah. Riker. there's a lot of Riker and ransom of course yeah early um, Riker in some ways too especially yes but yeah yes he doesn't have a beard but uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that was hilarious and of course they're like oh everyone knows that and they're like oh but did you know that <laughs> he still keeps it like he keeps it fresh and they're like his churro his churro wife his churro wife churlivia as they call her yes and 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 apparently his his quarters do smell his office smells like cinnamon yeah god that was funny and of course the the icing on the cake or the cinnamon sugar on on the on the churro here was what he (laughs) like shamedly sneaks into the uh, mess hall and orders a huge bag of churros like was it 35 churros or something yeah so yeah no now of course you have to think like he's the first officer is this the only 
he must no. have access to he can his have own his replicator. Own. Yeah, he has yeah. his own replicator. <laughs> why, why does, but it's funny. May, maybe the may, so it makes you think. Okay, so it could be something like he just likes the way they taste from the cafeteria. You know, like that replicator. <laughs> right. It's it, you know, it, it just it just there's something about it where it makes it just right for his little churro <laughs> wife is is uh, my head cannon. Uh, why he has to sneak in and and and, and refresh. Oh, um, yeah. I mean, hey, why not? Yeah. It's his weird obsession, right? Indeed. So. Indeed. You know, and so that I mean, so this is all part of like, you know, we're, we're learning all sorts of new things about these characters. You know, nothing really happens. In, like nothing happens in this episode, really. You know, which, again, is very Seinfeld, right? It's a, it's oh, a show about nothing. Show about nothing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and yet we learn so much about each of these characters it, all along the way. And so if you love the show and you love these characters, you'll love this episode, which I exactly. did. Exactly. That's well put. If you just here for the gags and the stuff you get, you get your mask gag, you know, and you, you know, maybe <laughs> yeah. a couple things, but you probably felt a little short on that kind of stuff. This episode. And I honestly, I would say if you're watching it just for the gags, I kind of think you're watching it for the wrong reasons, <laughs> but that's just me. Yeah, just I mean, like just for the gags, this is a good show. Otherwise, too, you know, for sure, absolutely. So does so does Captain Freeman not like Jordy LaForge? I don't know, man. She does. She, I mean, she she really <laughs> uh, swear. She uses his name like a swear at the end. You're like yeah. <laughs> when she's, you know, it's like, oh, sorry. Like, yeah, it's like what's what's wrong? The with hell, Jordy LaForge? Yeah, yeah exactly. what did you ever do to you? Like, yeah, yeah. There's got to so. be because she's got a good relationship with Riker. We've seen. That's right. There's some beef with Jordy, perhaps. I guess so. Yeah. We'll have to we'll have to dig into that later, perhaps. I mean, they've got more seasons to come. Mike at yes, least wants do. to do seven. <laughs> That's right. Well, hey, I mean, they're working on four, right? So they're getting there. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so you know, who do you think? I mean, my favorite character in this whole episode. I don't know, it could be Shax, like because Shax is everywhere. <laughs> Shax, Shax is like teleporting around this episode. Because at the beginning, he's there when Billups falls apart. Then he's there in the holodeck, and then he's there to turn on the um, the deflector dish. So he's oh, like, you're right. He, he's everywhere. Yeah, yeah. He's you know he, he he's the Willy Wonka of this episode. I think he's, <laughs> he he's, really is. He's behind it all. Apparently so. But uh, I think the best performance in this episode is probably Don Lewis because she really has to go through a lot of stuff for her Captain. Freeman. I agree with that because um, she starts out, you know, thinking she's doing something great and then just slowly freaking loses her mind about it. <laughs> and she has to briefly be possessed by the masks, which, by the way, Mariner's right. People need to stop touching masks. <laughs> Well, she's also right that Starfleet needs to like have a, a, an improved protocol. Apparently, the galaxy is full of these archives, um, uh-huh. and uh, the, people just go touch them. Yeah, <laughs> like just what? stay stay yeah. away. Don't do that. Yeah, <laughs> and and uh, it is great to see the the aftermath. You know, because on Next Generation. They kind of de-templed the ship pretty quickly, right? Yeah, somehow miraculously just did it. And so, uh, no, it's not that easy. Uh, I would say, like, nice shout out to the uh, guest cast, to the guest voice actors. I liked all three of the ensigns who were on the other shift. Uh, I recognized a few of them right off the bat. And others I just sound familiar because I think they do a lot of voice acting. But I recognized um, Artemis Pe- Pebdani. If, if she's been on, like, It's Always Sunny, she has a lot of voice acting, but she also does acting. Like, she herself has been on It's Always Sunny. She does voice acting on other cartoons. She's pretty funny. Like, so I was like, oh, I know who that is. Like, they got some good people. Um, Mary hmm. Holland did Todd. Yeah. She's kind of one of those people that you, she's you saw what she looked like. You're like, oh, yeah, that, you know, mm-hmm. she's very funny. Yep. Um, but she's, she's not really everywhere. famous for anything, is she? Right. She's um, just she's just a, shows up a lot. Like she's a good actress, you know, background actress, extra of the week kind of character actress, I guess. Mike and these guys have a great you know network of 
comedians and you know the, the, i think all of these people really know each other a lot of them are improv people yeah you know so, that's where they got carl tart who uh right right you know who's not who not only is doing Kayshawn, he's actually uh like uh, sometimes he does other characters like there was an episode where Kayshawn was in it but didn't say anything but he played another character so they're using mm-hmm. him more yeah and he's very funny i think and then the one that also stood out to me, and this is another like good nerdy connection, is the engineer who I think they called her Meredith, right? They were like Meredith. She's the one that she was the one who's getting massage and also and she was building something. something. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that was, and I was like, I know that voice. So that was voiced by Charlotte uh, Nickdow. I think that's how you say her name, and she's from Mythic Quest, so oh. which is a fun nerd show. I like that. That's so, uh, the Apple show about a gaming yeah. company. Yeah. So that's the, yeah, it's the same actress who plays Poppy Lee on Mythic Quest. And I was like, I know that that's Poppy. I didn't make sure that connection, but now, now I, I, I hear it now. For sure. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't on the first watch. And then on my second watch, I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> I know who that is. Like, and I thought that was great. Cause it's like, all right, there's another great kind of nerdy thing, right? It's like gaming nerds connection to trucky nerds there, you know? This is another episode where they're using Paul Shear for his talent. Oh yeah, I was use him for. He was on the show for two seasons. They didn't really tap into. I'm glad they're using him more. Yeah, yeah. Until well, he did the episode where his mother comes and wants him to become king. But there's (laughs) been a couple episodes this season where he gets to show his skills for sure. So hopefully, we get more billups. A lot of talented people work on the show doing the voices. It really wouldn't work without them, obviously. Because oh yeah, they sell it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure there's really much else to say about this episode. I liked it. You liked it. It's you know it wasn't the best episode of the season. I don't know. Maybe it's the second best. I, I don't know. You know, but it's yeah. It's just a different vibe than the first few. Yeah. So. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Indeed. But uh, hopefully we hear from the fans in the comments of what they thought of the episode. And hopefully some of them disagree with this, which is always fun. It sounds like you and I agree too much on this one. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, when it, when it's just a nice chill episode, it's hard to be it's hard to be mad at it. Right. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. <laughs> yeah. So I think maybe one thing to kind of wrap up and maybe look towards the future here is there was this reference of a huge project with the Carlsbad crew coming up. So we've met them before. So I wonder, is that, is that a future episode being set up right here? It makes sense. We've seen California class ships work together. This season really had, yeah, because other seasons have had things like the packlet and stuff that kind of were a thread this season. All the threads are very character based threads of the arcs that, especially Mariner and Boimler and Tendi are on. Mm-hmm. But yeah, maybe the Carlsbad is going to be a recurring thing. And there is something, you know, some mega project that all the California class or they, those two have to do. Um, Let's switch to our bits of the week. And why don't you start us off as the guest? Sure. So mine is a link to uh, a nice YouTube video, well thought out YouTube video as, as most of uh his are by ec henry who if you haven't checked out his channel it's pretty cool he's he's a very into star wars too so it just depends what your flavors of uh sci-fi are but he's also into trek and he does a lot of really interesting like thoughtful things and i just kind of cruise by there every once in a while so a couple weeks ago it's, it's been out for a couple weeks but i hadn't seen it he started to do sort of an, an analysis of like the different themes of each of the Trek series, you know, what sort of, what can you distill them down to as sort of core ideas and themes. And uh, so he did a really, really nice thoughtful job about TOS and in there covers some of the, some of the things like we've talked about amongst ourselves. We've also talked about over on the shuttle pod about misconceptions about Kirk, you know, kind of get worked in there. They talk, they talk about, how I, he's a very thoughtful leader. He's also a good leader that, you know, with the whole Kirk and Spock thing about you get the sort of emotional and the logical and he's sort of, in, you know, the mediator between them and uh, kind of really puts your finger on why I think a lot of people still like TOS. 
have and still do like TOS to this day. Um, and so I thought it was really great. So check. I, I haven't watched that. I mean, I've watched a bunch of his stuff before, so I'll check it out. But he he's one of my favorite Star Trek YouTubers. Yeah, um, although good. that's not all he does. Um, and it's just great that there's more to plumb from and to just talk about from uh, Star Trek, the original series after 56 years. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> it's kind of great. Mine is entirely silly and not uh, of deep thought whatsoever. It comes from <laughs> New Zealand, the Otago Daily Times. The headline is racist flag in Wanaka, actually Klingon insignia. <laughs> Um, so <laughs> some small town in southern New Zealand, the cops were called uh, over someone flying a racist flag. <laughs> and at a police briefing, this was an actual quote from the police briefer to the press. It was not racist and was, in fact, the Klingon flag from the Star Trek universe, a sure way to attract attention from the United Federation of Planets. <laughs> <laughs> So the police had a lot of fun with it. And then the crime reporters were asking the police questions about like, what are the, what is the, what are the police relations with the Federation? And the police kind of were answering back in universe. So it's, it's worth checking out this, 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 this article. But I mean, you could see how someone might think the Klingon flag is a Nazi flag. If it was all, if you just kind of glance at it for a second, you might be like, Whoa, hang on. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to have been there when the police show up on the property. And yeah. And have like, to. What? <laughs> Excuse <Yeah>. me? <laughs> anyway, uh, on, on that note, uh, Kapla. <laughs> and uh, thank you for listening to another episode of All Access Star Trek. And a special thanks to Matt Wright for joining us once again. You are. Yes, thank you're, you. You are a recurring character for sure. <laughs> well, um, you know. I, I pinch it when I when I'm needed, but thank yes, you. <laughs> you're not the Newman of the show. What's a what's a good what's a good Seinfeld version? I know what am Who's I? Um, you're like well, I guess the, I'm a Kramer because I pop in occasionally. That's maybe that's that's true. That's true. Yeah, could yeah. be a Kramer. I'll uh, take it. <laughs> the wacky neighbor, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm Jerry and uh, Lori is Elaine. Lori's going to hate this all this time. I know. She'll be so like, why did you say that? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, where were we? I don't know. Goodbye. Yeah. Bye, everybody.